This is an ABC podcast. Hello. The sun started shining as soon as you buzzed the thing. I've been looking so bad because of renovations and stuff. You look amazing. Your hair smells so good. I, I forgot how hair. good your hair smells. <laughs> bang. 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 Bang on. Oh, my God. I'm seeing you in person, face to face. I can look in your eyes. They're sparkling. You've got, <laughs> you've got lipstick on just for me. I did put lipstick on, but I feel bad because I'm fully wearing active wear. I have showered today. Yeah, that's And good. you came over completely in a lovely blouse. A blouse. You've got a, a skirt on. You've mm. got heeled boots. Mm. You've washed your hair for mm. me. I have. I've done it. <laughs> this is one of the most exciting things to happen in the last week or so since we got out of lockdown. So good. Because I'm also still renovating um, before I move into my new place. So I've been looking so bad. Like it's not just active wear ordinary it's like, nah, I've given up on life. I don't even, like, so this is special. This is really special. Do you have a tool belt? Are you, are you going to sling tool belt I, around your waist? I don't, but I've now understood the reason why people have them. They're useful. You put your things in it. Oh, look, I know this is going to um, possibly cause, cause a lot of judgment. but love I, bag. I've been looking for a holster for my secateurs. Yeah, that's for great. When I go gardening because it's just like I need somewhere safe <laughs> to put my secateurs. Do they exist? If they do, let us know in the in the bang box. Can I get a holster or for my secateurs? Do you have to actually buy a gun holster? Oh, God. Like, I hope not, but maybe you do. Maybe I need to fashion myself. Fashion. fashion myself a holster for my secateurs. Fashion. That's right. Oh, We're over got, 40. We've got some fashion coming. Oh, we do have some fashion. On, a little update. Which is few and far between these days, and this is something A little that's bit like that fashion that we're about. Sticking around <laughs> for. It's between. Oh, my God. It is honestly so good to have you back in my oh, house. How does it feel, though? You, In a way, we're, we're, we're looking at a way out of this, coming from the world's longest lockdown... It feels like things are coming alive again. I feel like I'm coming alive again. Yeah, we sort of talked about it last week, just that reminder of hope. And it's just been getting every day better. Like we're living with the pandemic, you know, we're opening up while there's still a lot of high numbers, but there's also a lot of hope with all the vaccinations and the, I don't know, I just feel, I feel confident and hopeful and walking into places and showing my double vaccinated you know, certificate, scanning in, knowing that everyone else there has has done their bit for the community and that we can all now live life again. It's an amazing feeling. Mm. Um, I am a little bit hungover. I went to the pub last night. <laughs> so <laughs> had a Wednesday night. Wednesday night. 5.30. How good. Pub dinner. Which pub? Local here or local work? Local here. Local sort of halfway between. North side. Oh, how nice. Beautiful. How nice. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. It's good, although I'm, I'm reminded that it's yellow food and only yellow food at pubs. So oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm not going to go too hard on the fried food because I am feeling a little bit sickly. But anyway, no, it's great. No, no, that's it's great. great. Back to it up back. today. That gets rid of any hangover. <laughs> I can recommend the best hot chips within probably a 5, 10 kilometre radius here. So oh, Okay, oh, well, I yeah. will definitely get that off you after mm. we're done here because that's what I'll be eating for lunch. Yeah, good. It has been a big week. We're going to kind of go all over the shop this week in Bang mm. On. That's what we do, music, art, life and stuff. And one of the most beautiful and really powerful things I saw this week just happened yesterday yeah. when Josh Cavallo 
football player with Adelaide United, came out publicly. I want to inspire and show people that it's okay to be yourself and play football. It's okay to be gay and to play football. You know, I want to show all the other people that are struggling and that are scared, you know, whoever it may be, that don't act like someone you're not. Be yourself. You are meant to be yourself, not someone else. Through my coming out, I'm excited to open up, to show everyone the Josh Cavallo, to show the true Josh Cavallo. I'm Josh Cavallo, I'm a footballer, and I'm proud to be gay. It shouldn't be a big deal, but it is a big deal. It is a big deal because he is, I think he's one of the only professional footballers to come out. Currently playing. Currently playing. There have been footballers who have done it after they've retired, yeah. but not actively not, in, in the league. Which yeah. is huge. It's, it's huge for kids who are struggling and that's why he did it because there is a lot of kids still growing up who feel um, like they're outsiders if if they if they don't conform to you know heteronormity or whatever whatever that is mm. you know and i think society is still very much structured around those ideas and and that's considered you know in brackets normal and 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 somebody like this which i don't think it is at all every you know we're all on a spectrum of certain things when it comes to sexuality and gender and all of that we're realizing that now mm. but there's still not many people who publicly put themselves out there and acknowledge it and I think that this he said it will help the kids coming up under him and like you said he shouldn't he shouldn't have to do it but he did it because he knew that there are still kids who are struggling out there to be comfortable with who they are as a person and he's young too he's 21 yeah. and I so love that's that the, the you know again shouldn't have to be brave no. but it's a really big deal to do that it's not you know well, that the the empowerment that gives others yep and I saw the support pouring out for him and I was so happy to see it, unsurprisingly, mm. um, yesterday, but still just seeing it echoed everywhere was just so great to, to just show you don't have to bury who you are to play the game, any yeah. game, any any code. You don't have to bury it and you shouldn't have to bury it. It's interesting though because leagues like the AFLW, they have no problems with same-sex partnerships. Well, I did have my or, um, producer, Phoebe, made a joke. She's like, um, I wonder if any of the um, female uh, sports players are going to come out as straight anytime soon. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. It, it's, it says a lot about masculinity in this country and, mm. and the world. And it says a lot about the expectations that, that men put on each other to act a certain way, even though it, it belies what's really going on mm. inside them. And I think something like Josh Cavallo speaking out like this really puts that under a microscope and um, in that sense I think it's fabulous because the more comfortable people are with who they are and, and allowed to be comfortable with who they are, I think things like male violence, um, aggression, there's a, there are a lot of things that, that factor into what makes some men behave in in really unbelievable ways these things and, don't happen in isolation and quite often it is because there's there, there may be repression I mean I'm no psychologist but I, I think that there is a, a link yeah there with with a lot of a lot of things that go on um 
so yeah, I, I think this is huge, absolutely huge and wonderful and I'm so proud of you and I cried when I watched it. Yeah, if you haven't seen the video yet. I mean, I'm crying at everything at the moment because, you know, what do they say? Moving house is one of the greatest <laughs> upheavals in your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big life event. It's me at the moment, so if I just dis- <laughs> disappear appear in a, dissolve in a puddle of tears at the end of this, don't worry, I'm All fine. throughout, bring it on. I'm fine. The other thing that was trending this week was bread, specifically tip-top mm. bread. Mm. I didn't realise this until you sent this to me. I'm obviously not, you know, finger on the pulse. I'm oh. out of the zeitgeist. Finger on the, on the, on the. Fluffy, <laughs> fluffy white bread. Fuck. Um, can I tell you, because I, in lockdown, I discovered a type of bread. I won't say that the branch of shop, but it's like a high fibre white loaf. And I went, oh, it's high fibre. So, yeah, it might be okay. <laughs> I know it, exactly what you're talking about. I haven't had bread because I rarely eat bread just because <laughs> it just doesn't make me feel great. Oh, my God. I was just eating this. Like I'd get a little half loaf. I live on my own. I'd get a little half loaf. I was just eating this with butter, like laid on like cheese, in, which is the only way to have butter. But I realised how amazing bread was. I, remi- I was reminded it was like... Oh, bread's phenomenal. I, I had to stop, I had to stop <laughs> buying it. It was an issue. It was, an, it was a real issue. I was, it was when I got into the toasties. But the bread, <laughs> but, the, but the bread was so good I wasn't even toasting it anymore. Like it stopped me using a toasty. It was so good. So fluffy. You know that thick type of butter? I've got mm. a Danish friend and in Denmark they call that tooth butter. Oh. Because it's so thick <laughs> that when you bite it, you leave tooth marks. That's me. <laughs> tooth butter. Yeah, I love it. I reapply too. <laughs> but I don't think there's enough coverage. I reapply. So why was Tip Top trending? Tip Top was trending. Uh, there was a little comment. I don't even know where this turned up, but I found it on Kara Schlegel's Twitter. I think she found it on a Reddit thread. She That's what I gathered. She would have found it somewhere, yeah. Deep in online, the internet. Yeah. And, and, and this is the comment. I ate bread in Australia and it ruined my life. And I say, yes, I'm here for you because I agree. It could ruin mine too if I let it. During my visit to Australia, the piece reads, we visited a grocery store and we bought a loaf of sliced bread. I remember the packaging was orange and it was labelled toast, indicating it was meant to be toasted. Now, this bread was the softest, most amazing bread I've ever had in my sad American life. The very first bite was ecstasy. I feel you. I had around three slices before I even thought about popping some in the toaster. Don't bother. The bread is so good. Anyway, the piece goes on. Toast was something else. It was a godsend. They go back to America. This person realises they can't live without Australian bread. It'll never be the same again. <laughs> there is nothing that ruined. compares. Ruined, ruined, ruined. Um, how does this person access this bread on the other side of the world? Please help. Apparently it was tip-top bread, which you said. Yeah. Um, and the comments have just been amazing. It was actually trending last night on Twitter because... <laughs> People obviously feel the same way as I do about bread. But has bread. anybody, like, if you've ever been to America and specifically bought, bought bread from anywhere, but supermarket bread as well, mm. which you think, you know, just like here, like it's not bakery bread, but it's still going to be soft. Mm. It is honestly the worst bread ever. It tastes like it's been stale for a week. It's mm. dry. It's loaded with sugar. Sugar. So it's like cake. Yeah. Really. And that's but it's one not of the soft. It's not fresh. It just feels like so much, you know, processed food in America just full of crap yeah. and just so far away from a natural form of food. It's disgusting. So I read this and I was like, yes, it's terrible. I don't think I've ever had good bread in America. Mm, no way. And Cara then goes on to explain, well, goes on to suggest that this explains so much about why bread became the enemy in US diet culture. They're essentially saying if you want to lose weight, don't eat cake every day, which 
essentially, of flour and sugar is cake. Mm. So they've been eating cake all the time. Whereas, <laughs> and they talk about San Francisco bread. Oh, amazing. Sourdough. Which is sourdough. And it's like, yeah, that's just what we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Babes, see, that's just standard. I, I feel a gap in the market here and I may want to fill it. I might have to go into partnership with my my other other brand and, and talk about how we can distribute this soft and fluffy toast bread. <laughs> <laughs> Miff Warhurst brings bread <laughs> to America. So many ideas. I'm an ideas kind of person. Bread. I do love a nice uh, fresh soft, white, fluffy Sanger. And one of the things that I liked about oh, the heaven. thread was just people being reminded of, you know, the, the simple pleasures of shredded iceberg lettuce and mayonnaise. Yum. Perfect sandwich. The perfect hors d'oeuvre exists. Asparagus from a can. Oh, yeah. Did the really soggy asparagus. soggy asparagus. <laughs> mayonnaise. Yes. Cut off the crusts, roll it up, pop a toothpick in it. Hell yeah. It's amazing. Very 70s. Very 70s. Very on brand. Mm. The other favourite response I read in this Twitter thread was, Prolly shit her pants over a cup of international <laughs> roast too. <laughs> Don't even get me started on coffee in America. <laughs> so good. If you shared a great piece with me this mm. week, which I loved about your inner voice. And when you think of what your inner voice is, um, this piece is very different to what I consider my my inner voice. Well, I was going to ask, do you have an internal monologue? I have like a gut feeling, so I don't necessarily... Yeah, I was trying to think that when I was reading this, do I have a conversation in my head with myself? It's, it's usually an absolute mess and I only make sense of it if I write things down. But in terms of whether what's guiding me, I very much rely on my gut feeling. So mm. I guess that's an inner voice as well, isn't mm. it? Well, yeah. And that gut feeling gets stronger and stronger the older I get. And that's mm. probably coming from experience. It's like, you know what's good for you and what's not, what's worth fighting for, what's worth pushing away. Mm. So I call it a gut feeling, but I guess that's a form of inner voice, right? I think so. Well, according to this article, it can come in many forms, which Oh, my I God, loved. including <laughs> Dolmio-style Italian couples fighting with each other. What the hell? Like, I know. This is wild. It is wild and it really points up one of the, yeah, one of the, um, one of the people interviewed here talks about the fact that she has conversations with characters in her head and, and they're a couple that argue, but the... It's a very fine line between what's defined as mental illness and normal behaviour. And I suspect that, like, people who I don't know anything about this but hear voices, that's just the next step, isn't it? I don't know. Like, this, In the is, this is a whole monologue. new world for me. So you've never had, like, external characters separate to who you are, Miff Warhurst, no, it's just having me. a chat in your head? It's just it's me. It's just you. 24-7 <laughs> talking at me, annoying me, making things co- complicated, having <laughs> having views, giving a running... <laughs> It's so. I have some views. It's so busy in there. It's awful. Sometimes I wish you'd just shut up, but it's always me. So, um, my. So I think that's considered to be quite um, regular. Yeah, like that kind of voice. And your gut feeling is 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 kind of regular. Um, that's the rudder that keeps it all in yeah. the right direction. But there's other people in here who have people full on. Someone else has a television screen in an attic. That, <laughs> That, that that's, she sees it. It's so visceral. It really is. And the, be, so, the best one actually that I loved was the broadcaster, no. Jenny Murray. <laughs> so there's an author, Hanny Beg- <laughs> Hannah Begbie, and Jenny Murray must be a famous broadcaster. So basically this author has a famous broadcaster in her mind and her inner voice is like 
a dialogue, like I'm constantly interviewing myself. Mm. The interview always happens in a plush radio studio. There's nice crushed velvet walls. Um, and the dialogue can be about anything. So she has things like this broadcaster, this inner <laughs> voice, Jenny, says, when did you eventually decide to take the plunge on these shoes? <laughs> and Hannah says, oh God, that's- well, Jenny, that's an interesting question. <laughs> like that is detailed inner voice. And that's my ideal inner voice, that someone's actually interrogating me or interviewing me about something and we get to the end of it and I've made my decision. That's I love exhausting. that. I love that. That would be exhausting. But people who are deaf, apparently, their inner voice is quite often hands sign, doing yeah, sign language. Signing, yeah. So I think it's about how we communicate, yeah. essentially, and that's how it turns up in in our minds. I mean, people don't really understand what this is or, or what it says about us at It's this all visualising though, isn't it? The way yeah. that the brain makes sense of things is often in a very visual mm. way. It's not necessarily, obviously language plays a part in this, mm. but when you're conjuring up these scenes, it really ties into that idea of how we organise visually yeah. and how our brains work better in organising mm. visually. And mm. that really speaks to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone else sees their inner voice in colour which I think is that's very much an energy thing, isn't it? That's it's, it's getting on the on the woo woo scale. Like I love that. Like you know, I can see. I was wondering when you said energy if you were going woo woo. I, I can see your aura. Like I can feel your vibrations yeah, right now. Exactly. We're all just Finally, energy. Finally, we're opposite each we're other. All There's just no energy, man. Um, but that sort of ties into those ideas, doesn't it? But it exists. It's quite normal for people. So, like I said, you know, quite often this stuff is considered to be woo-woo or if you had voice, if you said that you're listening to the voices in your head, people have quite often said you have, a, it, it's a mental illness. Mm. But in actual fact, we all exist on on the spectrum. If we've got voices in our heads anyway, yeah. we're not, you know, it's, it's not really easy to define any of this stuff necessarily. I loved this article and I hated the person who didn't have any inner voice at all. Like, what is Who is that person could just sit quietly and have no thoughts go nothing. through their mind for an hour? How is that possible? Justin, it says, has no voice. Like a tiny island surrounded by an infinite ocean is how he describes his brain. The tiny island is where all the conscious things seem to happen, but it's surrounded by the this infinite, inaccessible stuff. He's 59, he works for a social enterprise in London, doesn't have an inner voice um, and there is no one in his brain to blame, shame or criticise. This is the main bit. In his head there is an emptiness, just the still warm air before a rustling breeze. I don't like Justin. I'm terrified of Justin. He's, <laughs> he's either a psychopath or God. <laughs> what, however, whatever God, whatever form God comes, comes to us because... Fuck me, this guy, <laughs> I dream about this. I dream about it. Imagine it being quiet in there. No, I want to have that voice. I need to have something guiding me, mm. like a balance. See, I've got tinnitus as well. Yeah. So <laughs> I not only have an inner voice, I've got a... It's, a high-pitched whale. It's awful. It's awful in there. Like, oh, my God. I'm really curious about what the Bang Fam make of this because... This is our experience, but if you've got an inner voice that's really detailed, mm. maybe it's a musical theatre piece that goes on in your mind every time you need to make a decision. Like, can you hit us up in the bang box? Yeah. I'm so curious about what this means to you. And does it play into music as well? Because I do actually think my inner voice is music. Okay. Uh, the more I think about it, and this is something else I, I was almost forgot to mention, like I respond to things in song in my head. Right. And some, well, there you go. And sometimes I sing just random words from not like the chorus but like 
couple of weird bits in the verse yeah. that just come out and no one really knows what's going on. See see what I mean? Like it, it could be a bit. So when could, lockdown lifts, you're like, don't stop me now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a chorus. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we just do more like, um, you know, one of the one of the weird verses leading up to it. But yeah, it's that's really that's mine. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I loved it. I'll put it in the show notes. See, as soon as you say that, I'm like something like a phenomenal. <laughs> like it just happens like that all the time. You're a freaking jukebox. <laughs> Speaking of music, did you see DJ Khalid? Oh. Get sent a little Bob Marley branded guitar. He's obviously been sent it by the Marley family. So what it looks like is it's like a um, they're releasing a, a Bob guitar. Mm. It's got Marley all over it, and mm. you know they've sent him a little um, message talking about hope and, and inspiration, and mm. you know that how much he loves music, and maybe he would take this guitar and, and do something with it. And then he did. <laughs> he did this. <laughs> Bashing, like you've got to watch the video. Oh my He's god! Bashing those strings like you do when you're a toddler and someone gives you a guitar. It's just like this beautiful lead up, this really emotional video of DJ Khaled who's just been given this gift and then he's just like bow, bow, bow. Like what is but, it? But is he aware? He's got the concentration phase so on. So that's the funniest bit of it. He's really trying. He's given it feelings and he's given it vibes. Oh, my God. But he's just got no idea how to play. I mean there's always been a rumour that he has no musical ability. His musical ability came down to DJ Khaled. <laughs> Just yelling it out. I don't know because that's He's the fat man scoop of our time. Is he? Because I don't know anything. <laughs> he Yeah, and he says how much he loves his son. I, that's all I know about DJ Khaled and I know that he's been involved in some huge hits but I was yeah. going to ask you because I couldn't be bothered looking it up. No. What, anything? Is there anything that we I'm need to know? I'm the wrong person to ask about DJ Khaled. But he <laughs> believes in himself and there's a, an absolute lack of irony that, again, um, may not be okay in I most circumstances. I wonder what his inner voice is. His is telling him out. <laughs> He believes Go for it, himself because you're amazing. My favorite bit though is Melissa. Can you read this to the world? As if everyone's watching his social media, the world is going to know that. And his, Melissa, I'm pretty sure is his, his housekeeper. housekeeper. <laughs> like it's just it's so detached so from reality. <laughs> and I loved it because I, I don't think he's got an inner voice. Actually, <laughs> I just realised he's not. He's no, that guy. Yeah. There's no one saying, oh, mate, <laughs> you can't play guitar. Maybe don't do that because it, it's like a guitar. <laughs> oh, my God, amazing. Oh, it's so good. Just go and watch it. You will, you will laugh. So good. We are coming up to your favourite time of the year, Zan, and that is, of course, late night shopping. Um, <laughs> Thursday night, late night shopping. Um, well, that is coming back. I don't know why that was so funny. <laughs> I know. I was trying to think of You're something. such a pregnant pause. <laughs> I was trying to think of something good. I couldn't. That was the best I could come up with. But it is novel at least. It's not really a time of year. It's a time of week, isn't it? Um, but we are going to be able to go to the shops. Apparently they're all staying open late as I'm of here tomorrow for night. So I do love a late night shop. I'll be in Kmart at 1am. <laughs> um, but you love Halloween. You I love do. it. Yeah. And is this because you're, you you spent some time in America? I think so, yeah. Mm. And Americans really do lean into the seasons. I also always loved Christmas, but after I lived there, I went turbo for it because 
Um, they really just love celebrating mm. all the holidays. And there's been a real resistance over many years for Australians to adopt the Hallowed Eve mm. or Day of the Dead style um, celebrations like they do in the Northern Hemisphere. But I feel like it's on, like it is on this year. I've seen uh-huh. so many houses in my neighbourhood all dressed up. I went for a jog a couple of days ago and there's a street near me where it's one of those streets where every house is beautiful. Oh, I love it. Just like you can tell that if anybody ever tried to do anything different to their house, they'd have like the heritage overlay people out absolutely yeah. punishing them. Yeah. But similarly with all their decorations, they're all trying to outdo one another. So it's like those streets in Christmas with all the lights, but it's Halloween. So there was like a garden chair in someone's very large front yard with skeletons on it. There was giant spiders crawling all over a house's walls, like exterior walls and roof. One house had just like kind of warning slash police tape tied up on it. I thought that was a little bit bleak. A little grim. A little grim. Or it might be real. (laughs) No, I was just like, (laughs) are they doing a renovation? Has someone died or is it Halloween? Mm. If it's confusing, then maybe it's it's the wrong sort of uh, decoration to do. But I love it. Like, is it the same in your neighbourhood? It is. There's a couple of houses that have just gone full Halloween. Yeah. And I don't ever do anything, but I love it. I love the idea that kids go out in the street with their parents, they talk to neighbours, they see other kids. It's fun. I don't I don't see why people get so, oh, it's so American, we don't do that here, you old grumps. Like, and it's not American. We've talked about, talked about this yeah. before. It's based off the holiday of Hallowed, Hallowed's Eve, which mm. is, is it Irish or Scottish? Sounds it's, sounds like that. <laughs> oh, I God. should have freaking Googled it. Here I am that was a arguing for a holiday that I actually don't know anything yeah. about. And I just did a massive racial generalisation too. Sounds like that. <laughs> anyway, Apologies it comes to from anyone who is Irish or Scottish. A larger place than just yeah. an American holiday. Yeah. The other part of this holiday and this whole season is Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, which yes. is uh, usually happens on the 1st and 2nd of November. And you've probably seen, you know, it's kind of almost like a a decoration choice for some people getting all those little Day of the Dead um, skeletons Mm. and stuff like that. But I was in Mexico for Day of the Dead two years ago and it is just such an incredible celebration because it's their relationship with death And we've talked about this too before. It's so much healthier than ours because celebrating the dead is about keeping the connection to those you've lost alive. And Day of the Dead is about that bridge, you know, remembering the dead and Mm. always doing that every year and throughout the year so that you never forget those memories, you never forget that connection. And so the dead are actually part of your living life for those that they leave behind. And I just think that's so beautiful. And all of the Day of the Dead stuff that goes around with it, the celebrations, the costumes, the face painting, the marigolds, like it's just so magical. Mm. So I don't know if we'll ever have Dia de los Muertos in Australia. I'm not sure how big the Mexican population is in Australia, Mm. but I'm here for it. And if you want to start decorating your house with Day of the Dead stuff, I just think it's such a beautiful holiday and celebration. I'm just here for the lollies, really. (laughs) But... I mucked up. I've a couple got some of- chopper chops in the uh, in the cupboard. If you want me to send you home with a lolly bag, well, I mucked up a couple of years ago because they the oh, kids you weren't ca- prepared. Were the you? kids came to my house and I wasn't prepared because I just didn't really think about it. And then so the next year I bought all these lollies and no one came to my house and I realised you have to actually put stuff on your house. Yeah. So the kids that came to my house went rogue because <laughs> I had no stuff up on my house suggesting that I had lollies. So I mucked up uh, and I need some. Is it spray? Um, 
that you know that spray to do the webbing. Oh yeah, spider web spray. I just need some of that. That's not going to come off easily. You know that, right? No, that's true. <laughs> All right. What else? What else can I do? Just put a big furry spider on the door <laughs> or something. I'm moving to the country. There was one in my letterbox. <laughs> A real one, and it was huge. You're living real life. I Halloween. opened it up, and I was like, "Oh God, that's right! I'm in the country, and I was sick in my now. mouth." <laughs> oh man, I'm still getting used to that music. I feel mm. like it perfectly suits what we're talking about today. A high cut tank bodysuit that you sent me. Mm. Fashion. fashion. Is it fashion? Well, look, it's in, <laughs> it's in fashion because we've all seen how the swimsuit has gone very, very 80s so that the cut is so high above the hip bone, mm. up to almost up to you, above your waist in some... In, it's hitting the ribs. Yeah, it's hitting the ribs. The high ribs. It's high. It requires a lot of waxing and shaving mm. in order to get away with it. Um which, I'd say a Brazilian. Yeah, which says to me, I can't be bothered. No. But look, if you're young and you can, that's, yeah, whatever. Um, but yes, I, I don't even, no, no. It's, it, it, you, and also I've got too much going on around there that <laughs> the more material to cover it, the better. So I'm, I'm fine that it's not for me. But it is fashion, the high, the high cut bikini look, and I'm and I'm fine with that. If you can carry it off, go for your life. Even if you can't and you like it, go for your life. However, um, there's a company online that's been doing some weird gear in fashion over the we last. We get shares by Shane Shine. Shine, I think Shine. it is Shane, and all the time. Yeah, they're they're, they're repeat culprits. Yeah, and of fashion crimes. Oh man, this is something else. It is, as you said, a bodysuit. It's got dinosaurs on it, very cute. Mm. It suggests a a child's play suit, you know, comfortable, versatile. And then you sort of look from the waist down to see what seems to be instead of a crotch area that covers up stuff, it's basically a car (laughs) seatbelt from from the top of it. Like that's the, the width of it that goes down in a line down to your down to your vag area. Yeah, there's no V shape. Is there's it? no it's just v. Like oh, there's a tiny up. V, tiny, straight up though, like a seatbelt with a little angle out to yeah. <laughs> to give it the impression of some sort of bodysuit. But no, she might as well have strapped a bit of safety equipment around there, like it's a harness. <laughs> If you were wearing jeans, mm. then you would have large portions of your side exposed. Like yeah. it's a bodysuit that doesn't actually do the job of a bodysuit. It's basically like a tank top with like a flap down the middle yeah. of it going over, you know, mm. like holding you in. Mm. I but, don't think it would hold anything in either, <laughs> to be honest. There'd be all the sorts danger of-, of the frontal wedgie is oh. absolutely locked in oh, here. There's looks- no chance that you're not getting a frontal wedgie. This looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get it in terms of passion. But like, like imagine going to your local pool in this. <laughs> like, you wouldn't go to your pool in a bodysuit, though. Like, Although I'm trying I, to make a, a like a, a balanced opinion on a ridiculous piece of mm. clothing. Like you, you wouldn't go to your pool in this. Where would you wear yeah, where it? Where would you? I where mean, would you wear is it? The, I'm not sure what the look that is they're trying to go for. Is it you wear your low slung jeans, which are coming back, God mm, forbid? Right. And then you've got the cutouts because cutouts are very fashion at the moment as well. So I'm thinking maybe that's the look, but. I feel like it's just I don't know it's it's like a it's like a big arrow once you've down to the most important part of the entire body and in that sense I I'm not sure what this is saying is, <laughs> is it look at me is it I, I is it I, 
I don't even know. Like, you need I, context. You know when you learn a new word and you, like, use it in a sentence? Mm. Use that bodysuit in another outfit. Yeah. I need context. Yeah, I know. Just on its own, it it's literally a seatbelt ta- attached to a top and I'm not sure who is going to ever wear this. But, again, fashion, someone will, and I imagine it'll go go out the door um, <laughs> as quickly as you like because it's $6.95. $6.95. Which also says fast fashion fast too, so fashion. stay right away from this, ladies. This also means bit. nature is healing that we're talking yeah, about this. It is, isn't nature it? is healing. Nature is healing, although I'd say she'll have some sort of some sort of infection down there from wearing this. So <laughs> I don't know if healing is the right word. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are you banging on about this week? Oh, um, I've only watched half of it, which is probably not great to bang on, but I know that the next half is going to be good. So um, I am watching the brand new Velvet Underground documentary that oh. was directed by the one and only Todd Haynes, who's mm. been behind great movies like I'm Not There, Carol, Velvet Goldmine. And he's always had a a very kind of, it's had a big interest in the Velvet Underground, like loads of people. Um, They are the most unsuccessful, successful band in the world. When they were recording, everybody hated them. They Mm. sold no records whatsoever, but obviously fronted by Lou Reed, Nico as the vocalist, an extraordinary vocalist because her voice is not even what you would consider to be good. Yeah. Um, And the incredible um, John Cale, who was a sound artist, an avant-garde sound artist prior to becoming part of the Velvet Underground. We started getting a following, but a lot of radio stations wouldn't play our stuff. The sound, not only was it new, but it was radically different. We were studying natural harmonics. Shiny, shiny. Lowe's music was very heavy. Everything he does in that craggly voice of his resonated. That weirdness, it shouldn't have existed in this space. His music sounded like nothing else. And all of a sudden, it would stop like that, and the audience would be dead silent. The Velvet Underground had hypnotized them. And to see it come together and and why it sounds so good now, um, this has been beautifully put together by Todd Haynes because he obviously loved the band as loads of people do Um, and he's done it in such an interesting and creative way that is not in the music doco way. There is no Bono. As Thank far God. as I can tell, although I haven't watched the entire thing. You should have led with that. He it's a Bono-free yeah, zone. Yeah, he could have. He could pop up. <laughs> um, Imagine if he does in the second oh, half. Oh, don't, nuts. don't, don't. He can't, he can't. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just beautifully put together. It's, it's intercut with vision from New York City in the 1960s mm. and it's cut with... TV advertising, TV shows, but it's sort of shown in split screen, almost Brady Bunch-like at times, but loads of Andy Warhol's footage. I don't know if you've seen much of his film work. That too was amazing. It was all about, it was slow TV. It was the the first slow TV. Like I remember going to the movies and watching Kiss, which was that amazing one where they're just kissing for an hour and a half. Like it was nuts and you go through all the emotions while you're watching it, boredom. Um, joy, ecstasy. It was weird. It was one of the most strange experiences I think I've had as a cinema goer. And so all that's intercut and the people talking don't get credits in terms of they get their name, that's it. You don't Mm. get, it's not explained. 
So you're coming at it with, if you have no knowledge, I'm not sure how this would pan out in your head, how you'd come to understand. But I think in a way we've been talking a lot about how your role doesn't define you. Mm. You know, here it is, they're letting, Todd's letting them speak. And then you can kind of piece that together. So it, it's 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 giving the audience a level of intelligence, I think. So if you're kind of, you've heard a couple of Velvet songs, but you don't mm. really know much about them, do you still, is it still accessible? Like, do you still find a way in? Yeah, you do. Okay. I think I think you could because it's telling a story yeah. as opposed to, you know, talking about the band and how great this sound was and that sound was, even though it does that but in a really interesting way because I, I think without Lou being there and it uses a lot of his audio because mm. um, there's so much that's been said about Lou Reed and quite frankly he sounds like a, an absolute piece of work to have had to work for and with at all times for, for various reasons. You know, he had a really awful experience growing up, that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like it was tough. This has elevated John Cale and his role. Because, I love John Cale. Yeah, and, and it really is his chance to shine and I've loved seeing that because you don't get to see that very often and that whole sound of the Velvet Underground, that sort of, it's a dissonance that, that undertones all of their work, goes back to his early avant-garde mm. musical work where he was working on drone and that's all in there and mm. you see that develop. I, I just really, in, I'm enjoying the process that, the director is taking me through and it's not kind of that normal music doco process. Great. And that's a joy. You're so, yeah. in it. I'm in it. It's yeah. great. And I'm looking forward to seeing the next half. Awesome. And I've seen so many music documentaries. We used to do Doco Club on Double J. Mm. And so I've seen every single fucking one of them. Yeah. And to be honest, the idea of watching another one makes me feel a bit Ugh. And when they're done differently, or at least when they're not done the usual way with all mm. just the talking heads, it is such a revelation. Mm. It, mm. And it really makes it stand out. It makes it a beautiful film instead yeah. of just talking heads. Yeah, absolutely. So good. I'm yeah. excited about that. It's on Apple TV, Apple right? Apple TV. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yep. What are you banging on about? I'm banging on about Made. Oh, I've heard is, about this. Yeah, you might have seen it pop up on Netflix. It's been trending. Mm, um, everyone's raving about it. Well, yeah, I put it on. Again, I know I'm painting a picture of myself, but it's only been one week that we've been able to go out. <laughs> I did absolutely rip the lid off it on Friday night. <laughs> I had uh, some friends over for dinner and it was one of those dinner parties where there's just bottles of wine open and you it's Everyone's, like a wedding reception. It's like, how much have I actually drunk? But it's so, exciting too. There's a, <laughs> there's a real energy to going out and being with your friends in It a was way. amazing. I got excited. Oh, I got I excited. Re- I got real excited on Friday night too. And I'm not piss fit either. So I was feeling pretty average on Saturday morning and luckily the the weather in Melbourne was also feeling average so I didn't have any qualms about mm. sitting on the couch and watching Gina. 10 episodes in a row of Made. 10 episodes. I that's watched the whole good. series in one day but that's also when, because when it was so compelling. Lifts, what does Sandro do? <laughs> she watches more television than she's watched in the entire time. Oh my time. god I felt so guilty and it was like I saw one tweet that popped up that made me feel a lot better which was uh Choosing to stay inside is better than being told to stay inside. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm choosing. There's a difference in oh, it. That's so true. But I did um, I did stay in and uh, wasted a day but spent it investing in this show and it's so fantastic. So it's 10 episodes. It's the story of a character called Alex. I'm pretty sure it's based on a memoir, on yeah. a real person story. And Alex leaves a domestic violence coercive control situation she needs to find work to support herself and her young daughter. She comes from a, a background of poverty. She's living in poverty. Her background is um, she has grown up in poverty. And so she begins working as a maid. And as each episode happened, I was like, I thought I knew what the series was about and then it would include all these different little pivots 
And at first I was like, oh, it doesn't really know what it's trying to be. But then I remembered it's based on a memoir. Life is very nuanced and it showed those grey areas so well. The grey areas of um, the insidious nature of coercive control Mm. and whether you think it is abuse or not. That's that's the whole point of it, isn't it? Yeah. You get so used to it that you start to question so many things. Yeah. Also low-paid work and a very broken social system and what that means and all the bureaucracy of, oh, you can get this payout but you have to do this first but it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, and you're kind of screwed Mm. no matter what. And also the domestic work that makes other people's lives possible because she's cleaning very rich people's houses. So just thinking about that and, you know, how you can get daycare for your daughter while you're doing all of that. How do you actually get out of the cycle Mm. when you're stuck in it? Like one thing has to happen first but that first thing can't fall until there's all these other things lined up. But if you're starting from a position of zero or less than zero, mm. how do you do that? So you kind of watch, this is why I watched it in a whole day because I was just really rooting for Alex to succeed mm. and she was working so hard and there was plenty of moments where she got knocked back, where she went back. She's trying to break this cycle of abuse or break this cycle of homelessness um, and, and poverty and you're just hoping that she does. We need to get you off the streets. There's beds at the domestic violence shelter. You're here. You can breathe. I'm Alex. I'm trying to piece together how I got here. My mom is undiagnosed bipolar, and she's MIA right now. I got into college. I wanted to be a writer, but I got pregnant. Now I'm a single mom. Young bro? No. You got a problem with background check? No. (laughs) This is a trial. Oh, I'm starting today. That's good news, ain't it, bro, girl? We compost. The bin is labeled compost. Can you read or should I show you? I can read. Margaret Qualley is the actor that plays Alex. She's excellent. Andy McDowell plays her mother. Oh, my God. And the whole time, and her mother is undiagnosed bipolar. She's being taken advantage of by a real deadbeat boyfriend. She's amazing in this role. I'm looking at Margaret and I'm like, oh, they really cast her well. And oh, then no, I don't tell me it's their mother and daughter in real life. <laughs> and I'd known Margaret Qualley for years. I had no idea they that she related. was Andy McDowell's daughter. Oh, wow. So there you go. So they are cast well because they're literally related. <laughs> um, and it's worth noting that you're watching this white woman who's struggling, who speaks English, who's got an education, mm. and that would be much harder if her background was different, if she was non-English speaking, if she came from a different background. Mm. I think that's really worth remembering about the stories that continue to be told. And it was heartbreaking, but it's also like, well... She's still within this world of disadvantage. She Mm. still has advantages that others don't and you don't often see those stories told, Mm. particularly on a platform like Netflix. Yeah. Um, But it is fantastic viewing. It's so well done and um, next time you're hungover. uh, Ten episodes (laughs) ready to go. It can be done. (laughs) It can be done. It was literally your first day out of (laughs) lockdown. Oh, look. I'm free. No, I'm just going to stay. No, I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> I'm just going to hide under my doona. Um, no, no. If, fingers crossed. We have a lifetime of free time. It's coming a different our way. feeling. It's not. I don't. I'm hoping, but, you, but I, you don't, can I don't feel like it's. You want. <laughs> I don't feel like we have to rush to squeeze it all in before we get locked down again. No. 
I'm hoping that's not the case. Yeah, we can too. ease in, and this is this is our new normal. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I much prefer seeing you face to face. This is awesome. I get to see it's Norman. It's the best. And yeah, it's awesome. It's so good. And next time I'll come to your place. Yeah, come to my new place. Yeah, I'll be in. I'm moving on Monday. Oh my god. And then I'll cry. <laughs> I'll see you for the therapy next week. Yes, please. See ya. Bye. Bang. 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 Bang on.